Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the Free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey guys, welcome back to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. This is Pastor Mike. I'm here with Pastor Clint. How's it going? And Pastor Grant. Right here. And we're excited to be back with you. Today we are talking about an interesting subject that probably you have heard people talk about before. We're talking about the exclusivity of Christ. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is the only way to God. For many people, that is a problem. It's a challenge for them because they say, how is it not arrogant to think that your Jesus, your religion, your faith is the only way to meet God? And so we're going to spend some time talking a little bit about that right now. It's interesting. It's uh, it's It seems like uniquely a Western offense, but it seems like super offensive in our culture, To right? so many. To say, to say that that I'm... I potentially am right, and you're potentially wrong, right? right like, right, like to right. have this exclusive idea because we are a culture that uh, equates being inclusive with with love, um, which to an extent it is. You know what I mean? Like to to an extent, there is that is absolutely true. Um, like we would say, if you were to come through our doors, no matter where you're, how you're walking in our doors. We, we want to include you in our worship service. You know what I mean? Like you are free to right. come through our doors. And that's, right. a, that's a wonderfully like loving thing. But then we take it too far and we go, we go way beyond that. And we say that then that mean, if that's true, if that piece of inclusion is love, then all inclusion is love, which what we've got from 1 Corinthians 13, it says that we rejoice with, with um, we don't rejoice with the wrongdoing, we rejoice with the truth. Right. And so 1 Corinthians 13 says there's a line there where there's there's a statement of inclusivism, which is actually not which is not loving because it's not true. Right. That's what it's saying. We love truth. We don't rejoice the wrongdoing. So yeah, I, I do think it's a uniquely Western idea to believe that uh, there are multiple ways to, to God. I mean, in fact, if you were to go and look at Islamic countries right now, this is not even a question. Right? They're yeah. not asking the question of is there more than one God? No, no, no. Allah is one. Yeah. Right? And so they don't have that. They don't even have this as part of their their questioning. But so for us, I think though, you know, because we live in a pluralistic society where we've got multiple religions, multiple gods right. that are presented as a smorgasbord um, of options for people in our in our in our world. When we think of when the, when most people tend to think of exclusivity, they think of it in negative terms, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But the reality is, exclusivity is actually what makes faith special. It's what makes relationships special too. Like when we get married, we say to ourselves, you know, I'm choosing her and she's choosing me, and we're going to be exclusive. Right. Right. And that exclusivity is what's going to make us whole and us healthy That's over right. a long term. That's right. You don't go That's the opposite good. way in your wedding. You don't say, I love you so much, I will love you with an inclusive love. And so whoever else <laughs> whoever wants else to stand up to, on to us, <laughs> right. come on up. Right. You know what I mean? Which doesn't really make it special. I mean, no. it really, no. you know, the exclusivity is what makes it, yeah, it makes it special. That's right. And there's so many people that deal with this too. Even people that are sitting in church on Sunday. Like, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who say, yeah, I come to church and I'm here, but I don't really believe Jesus is the only way. Yes. I mean, I think it's good. I think Jesus is a good man. I think everything's great, but all roads lead to heaven. And so it's not just people who are outside the church. It's even people inside the church 
who are saying, man, I, I don't know what I think about this. Which, That's by right. the way, is an exclusive statement. Yeah. You know, when, when you right. say all of anything is something, you're saying, you know, I'm going to exclude any other possible option in that, right. in that category. Right. Tim Keller has a, um, a statement about this. He says, he says, here's one of the great challenges to, um, to the exclusivity of Christ. He says, all religions are equally valid and basically teach the same thing. That's the idea. Right, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're all the same. It's basically there's basically one God. He might have many different faces here in the world, right? And we're all headed towards that one good road, that one good God. But it, but the reality is, you know, and, and you'll see this too. You're driving down the road, and you'll see that bumper sticker that says coexist on it. It's right. got all the you know, symbols. It's got of, all yeah, the of faith major symbols. Religions. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's clever. Yeah, you know, in that sure. way. But it really takes a cursory view of any one of the major world religions to recognize they have mutually exclusive pictures of the world and mutually exclusive pictures of heaven. You know, take for example, uh, something like actually Islam and Christianity have very similar pictures of the afterlife. Um, there is a literal hell in Islam as there Mm -hmm. is in Christianity. Um, there is a paradise in both Islam and Christianity, but take something like Buddhism, right? The concept of Buddhism is based upon a karmic reincarnation over and over again. Right. Right in such a way that when you get to be really, really, you know, good at, at what you do, which is putting off all desire, yeah. you know, and any attachment to the world, you basically, it's kind of like when you light a, a candle and then you extinguish the candle, that little, the smoke that rises, it okay. rises and then it just disappears. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Right? You become part of it's everything, like but you yeah. lose consciousness. You're no longer right. you. You just join the cosmic universe. That's not the same goal as Christianity, which has a conscious, present, eternal joy in your personality, which is perfected by God. Right. Right. Those are two very different pictures. So to say that every, every religion has the same end or the same goal, I mean, can we coexist in the sense of be together? Absolutely. Of course. Of course. But, but you're right. It's to make that statement. One is you misunderstand world religions. That's right. Uh, And then two, to make that statement is to say, is also to claim some superior knowledge. Um, So now, you're, we're back to the exclusive problem again. Mm. Now you and your superior knowledge are saying that uh, all religions are equal, and so if you say that they aren't, if you make some truth claim that they aren't, then you're excluded. Yeah, you're excluded right. from what's right. Because what's also, right is we're all equal. It also does violence to the perspective of people who really care deeply about their religion, you know? Mm. I mean, to say that Christianity is the same as Islam is to slap an Islamic person in the face. They would not like that. They would not no. like that. Sure, sure. To say that Judaism is the same thing as Christianity is to slap a Jewish, you know, Orthodox person in the face. Th- those are, those are, it really is more offensive to mm. say that they're all the same That's a good point. than to say yeah. that they're different and unique. Right, Exactly. So one of the things that people bring out is is that each religion sees part of spiritual truth, but none can see the whole truth. And so they claim that as a problem with exclusivity. What do you guys think? I mean, the Bible tells us that. The Bible says that (laughs) we see the world dimly, you Mm -hmm. know, that we don't see all of the spiritual picture. Right. And that's what's so important about the scriptures for Christians, because we believe that the scriptures are not just a piece of information. They're a revelation of God. You know, like when I was a kid, one of the things that I used to love to do was I used to, um, in the in our neighborhood in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, there were these huge ant piles, right? And these huge ant piles are, I mean, they were just like, I, I would go over there and I'd kick them over. And, the, and then all these ants, you could tell, like, cool. you could legitimately <laughs> see they were pissed off about this. Right. Because they were shaking and right. running around looking for something to bite. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I just loved to used to do that one. But 
that aunt has no understanding of the person who just kicked over, mm-hmm. you know, their, 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 their sand hill, their, their, their anthill, right? Right. right. In very much the same way, we have no understanding of who God is without God revealing himself to us. That's right. right. Because actually the ant has more capacity to understand the human being and all of his complexity mm. than the human being has, has the capacity to understand God himself. Mm. And because of that, God needed to come down in flesh mm-hmm. and in written word mm-hmm. to communicate to us who he is. Right. Otherwise we don't know. Otherwise we don't know. Yeah. And so I think this is a valid criticism of exclusivity except that Christians believe that we have a revelation from God that gives us right. clarity. Right. It's in respecting that uh, that revelation that we can't, we as Christians, we can't speak against the exclusivity argument because God has revealed himself in this exclusive way. I mean, Jesus right. himself says, I am the way, the truth, the truth of the and life. the life. I mean, Yahweh, as he reveals himself in the Old Testament to his people, reveals himself as uh, as singular, as unique, as holy, as above all, as as can't be rivaled by any by anything else, right? right. Or by anyone. He even else. calls himself a jealous God. Yeah. Exactly. So that you don't, you know, going back to our original illustration of relationships. So I'm jealous of my wife so that she is not taken away. Right. Or goes in a relationship direction that hurts us as a right. as a couple. God says he's the very much the same way. And really this also like it's it's kind of to an extent it might be a step beyond, but it it's almost like a deist argument where it a is. deist would say that that what we know of God, all we can be sure of of God is in the natural law and the natural order of things. Um, and so for it's foolish for any of you to claim any type of knowledge through a revelatory way, yeah. right? Through any type of special spiritual revelation. But Jesus, that's why Jesus came. Jesus said, you want to see the Father? I've shown you the Father. Like you've seen me, right. I've shown you the Father. So we we do have this special, you know, this special revelation um, that we that and we you know it's logical too. It's logical that something smarter, someone smarter, someone bigger, someone who owns it all, does have the answer, does have the revelation, and it's delivered to us in an exclusive way, so that it is truth. It's it's so easy to say, well, you know, all these other things could be true, but you don't really know that. Well, we do know that because there's someone greater than us. That's right. So that, that makes sense. Plus I think there's a weird contradiction in, in the idea that you have to know something in its totality to (laughs) To know that it's true. Know that it's true. Right. Right. I, I I know my wife when we got married, Mm -hmm. um, I knew about her. I knew her history. I knew stuff, but I didn't know everything. Right. I mean, we've been married for 26 years now. I'm still learning new things about her, Yeah. but that was not in any way, to diminish my previous knowledge of her right. or my previous exclusivity with her. Right. And so while you and I know part of who God is and we don't know God in its totality, what we do know about him is true. And yeah, it doesn't take that away. It doesn't. No. I think anyone I think anyone with any piece of humility at all in their life is especially as you as you become more and more of an expert in your field the the more and more they realize that there's more to learn. There's so we, much more to learn. I had a conversation yesterday with a guy who has um, uh, been in finance for over 30 years, and I just had a conversation with him. I said, hey, man, i got to be real honest. Uh, I don't understand how money works. <laughs> I said, I've got I've got a 401K. Uh, I, the K, what does the K stand for? You know what I mean? Kellogg's? Like, I don't, under, I don't exactly <laughs> understand it. And I said, Ken, but you've been doing this so long. You've got to be the master. Like, you've got to be the master. Can you help? Can we sit down and talk more about it? Because I just don't I just don't get all this stuff, right? And he looked at me, and he said, I've been doing it for a very long time, 
and I've been doing it long enough to know that I'm not the master of it. And so there's this humility in him. But at the same time, he's not going that, he's not saying that, well, all that I've learned is not valid because I haven't learned it all. That's right. Right? right. Like he's admitting, that's a, that's a humble position. By the way, it's a humble position of faith. It is. For us to say, like, God, I... Theological I, humility. I, I've only understood this much. That's right. And I trust this much. And when you reveal more, I'll trust more. That's right. Right? That's yep. a beautiful place to be. It's a, it's a humble place of, of faith, for sure. It's also self-defeating to say you can't claim that for yourself, but then they're claiming it for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're basically saying, you don't know everything and you can't know everything, but I know enough to know that that's that's it's contradictory it's a arrogant yeah it is very arrogant. yeah and it's not true either right um, one of the other challenges is is the concept of arrogance people will say you know the issue of exclusivity obviously leads to evangelism it leads to sharing our faith and so for some people they'll say that it's a it's an arrogant thing for you to want to convert people to your religion mm-hmm. to your faith to which i would say if we truly believe what we believe then it would be foolish um, for us not to do that, you know, because it would be unloving. It would be unloving yeah. because it, Christianity teaches us of an eternal heaven where there's joy and peace and wonder and goodness. Honestly, stuff that we're never really even going to fully comprehend this side of paradise. Right. But on the other side of the equation, there is also hell, which I think we also don't really understand a whole lot about. Right. But right. Uh, but obviously, a place of of terror and horrible things happening. So. So in that sense, if both of those things are true, you know, you could have the motivation of, man, I don't want people to suffer. Yep. And so I'm going to share my, my faith with them. And that's legitimate. Or I want people to be filled with joy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a motivation for evangelism. But what seems the third option doesn't seem valid is just to let people do their own thing. That's right. right. That seems painfully unloving. So flu version one and version two are going around right now, like just the... The crazy sickness is going around. We got version one pretty hard. Uh, we, I would say that we mastered it. Uh, we, we learned everything there was to learn about it. And uh, there was somebody in our life who came to us with these like homeopathic remedies. Hmm. Um, and uh, some of them were helpful. I got to be honest. Some of them were helpful. Some of them were just witchcraft. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it was. Like, I was like, why are we in the woods right now? How did we get here? Uh, why am I but, bathing in the sweat of... Yeah, what is happening here? Um, but, you know, some of it some of it was uh, just straight up was not helpful. And and I, I just, like, think it's a little kooky, to be quite honest. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why it matters what direction. I just s- have this picture of, of Grant out there burning sage, you know, <laughs> and just running around. Yeah, running yeah, around I sent it to you. I sent you the picture of me frolicking around, <laughs> frolicking around in the woods. It's not frolicking it really, when I do it. Okay. It's it business. <laughs> we get it. It's business. But anyway, I, I, you know, and, and I remember saying something to Angela along the lines of, man, they believe this so much and they love us so much that they're going to bring it to us. Even though, even though, like you know, my my initial response was not exactly positive. <laughs> my mm. initial response was was seriously like, "Are you trying to get, bring a demon in my house?" But like, my initial <laughs> response wasn't exactly positive. But but the reality is, they their love for us and their their sincerity of their belief led them to me. I wasn't offended by that. I didn't agree with it, right. but I wasn't I wasn't offended by that. Right. And and that's not arrogant because the reality is to to believe that you are right is to also believe that others are wrong right and 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 so when you uh, again when we move in the right direction towards people that's that's a direction of love it's not a direction of arrogance i was just talking to a guy yesterday he uh he's a practicing buddhist 
and he has Were been... you at Starbucks? <laughs> no, it wasn't at Starbucks. Oh, man, if you had been, he'd, he wouldn't have stood a chance. <laughs> that dude be getting baptized this week. Man, he'd be washing the blood. Oh, man. But he's been considering uh, Jesus, and he's been asking questions mm-hmm. and talking through it. And, you know, so I, I sat down with him, and I just said, hey, what what are you thinking? Like, how are you processing this? What's What's going on in your mind? And he said... You know, here's where I'm at. Here, here's who I think Jesus is. Here's what I think about all of this. But in, in the at the very end of the conversation, he stopped and I said, and he said, I just want to thank you so much for taking your time. Mm. And he said, because I can tell that this means a lot to y'all and it means a lot to you, those around you, so much so that you would stop in the middle of all these people and say, hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus. It's fantastic. And, I, and so he, he saw that... It's not just, hey, whatever, it doesn't matter. No, no, this is the most important thing in our lives. But, but you know, I got to say, it's, it's probably about the way you presented it because you can absolutely present this truth in an arrogant way. That's right. right. But you didn't do that. You sat down. He saw it as loving. You sat down with him, and you, you presented the good news, bad news, good news, right? Right. Like you presented, you, you affirmed who he was. You affirmed his search for truth. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Like that's that's, right. that's the image of God in him searching for truth. That's a beautiful thing. You you affirmed those things in him, you know, showed that you were on his side. That's not an arrogant position. That's a humble position. That's a certain position. Now we can be arrogant. We could absolutely stand up and say we could use our exclusivity in an arrogant way. Right. That's not how you did it. And right. that's that's a beautiful example, man. It's a beautiful example. For which sure. which brings me to this idea, and I, I know Keller said it before, is that we are the most inclusive exclusivity there is. Yeah, that's right. Because the scriptures tell us that whosoever will may come. Yeah. And, and so uh, unpack that a little bit more. What does that mean? I, so, so I mean, the, the, the scripture tells us that whoever wants to come to Jesus may come. Can. There is That's no, right. there's no, like, there's no race, there's no gender, there's no uh, political affiliation, there's no religious affiliation that's going to keep you away from Jesus. If you want him, you can have him. And it, it, to tell you a quick story about that, because I, I love that. I, that's a... What an incredible it's message everything. we have! It really it's is. everything. Yeah, it really is. I uh, my my grandmother asked me to do a funeral for a um, a family member of mine um, who who had passed, and to be quite honest, uh, just it was difficult to do. It was difficult to do, um, and one of the reasons it was difficult to do was uh, this guy. I don't know if he had ever walked inside of a church. You know, I don't. He had never claimed faith in Christ, and my my grandmother, who loves loves him so much because she's wonderful, and loves Jesus so much because she's wonderful. She's like, "Will you please like preach his funeral, and will you preach hope?" And I went, "What am I going to say? That's right. What am I going to say?" And then like the Lord just gave me this this thing that I've used over and over again, and I stood up in front of everyone, and I could say, "I don't. I have no idea." what his heart was like. I have no idea what his motivations were. I can't do that. I can't get in there. But here's what I know. If he wants Jesus, he has Jesus right now. Like if his desire is for Jesus, you know, like, like Jesus said, like, like the man who finds a treasure in the field and he, he buries it and he sells everything he has and comes back to it. If he has a desire for Jesus like that, then he has him. Right. And that's our message. Like that's the exclusive message that we have is that if you want Jesus, if you want this path back, you have it. So we were just talking about how it's arrogant to think that Christ is the only way, that there's an exclusive way to knowing what's truth and what's right and what's whole. And so in our culture, there's this sense in which we feel like we can't talk about that in the public. Then, Like we can't 
talk about our faith or our religion or, or whatever outside of the church or outside of our home or outside of our marriage or just with our kids. And so yeah. if we take it anywhere else, it's it's a problem. And so, I mean, what do you guys think? Like, how, how does that work when it comes to Yeah, I mean, they, people will tell you today there's two things that you can't talk about at a dinner party, and that is politics and religion. And for some reason, we just they kind of bought that? into that. Yeah. Like I a mean, lot? All the dinner parties I go to? Come on. I have been thrown out of so many dinner parties. You have been thrown I didn't out. know You were thrown out of the last one I was at. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was because I brought cheese whiz. Well, you need to wear pants. <laughs> okay, well, that's <laughs> that, another that problem. as well. So, so really, I mean, but we kind of bought into that whole idea that there are certain topics that are just taboo. And I really do separate the, the, the two topics of religion and politics. Unfortunately, I think today politics have become such a part of our identity that they were never meant really to be. I think in many ways they take the place of the church. Because yeah. the church is supposed to be the center of a Christian's life and Jesus is the center of the church, one of the big challenges with us in doing that is that like we, we you know, for us, faith is not something that we can just put on the shelf. Mm, right. Because it's who we are. That's right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like allowing certain identity groups to say, well, you can't be who you are. You just have to hide that all the time, right? Yeah, and so right. It's, in essence, it's basically saying to us as Christians, because we don't believe as you believe, you can't believe what you believe in the public square. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. And we don't want to be militant about it. So one of the challenges is uh, because it's a big piece of who we are, we really can't keep that quiet. It's, right. you know, we don't want to keep that quiet because it's, it's, a, it's a part of our life. And yeah. so- I think one of the I think one of the big challenges for us as we try to figure out like how to navigate the public square is not to do it in an angry way. Mm. Like you're not going to tell That's me good. to be quiet right. about my faith. I think there's so many Christians like that today that yeah. I just really wish they would be quiet about their faith because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Because they're not helpful. Go you know? home. Well, that's yeah. what and Facebook so, is for. They can Facebook, shout yeah, into the void right. of Facebook, <laughs> right? And we right. can unfollow them, right? And we can yeah, unfollow yeah. them. Not listen. So, but for me. I think faith for a Christian is something that they should share. And because we believe that, you know, the gospel really is good news and that that mm-hmm. good news is helpful and transformative for people, mm-hmm. man, why would we not, why would we not do that in the public square? It yeah. really is like having the cure for some terrible disease and just sitting in the background going, well, at least I cured it. Which by the way, but never giving it to anyone. Which by right. the way makes our, makes our like tolerance uh, all the more strong towards other people's beliefs. Because one, our truth is not, uh, it's not threatened uh, by anything else. Because it's either true or it's not. Right. So Jesus isn't threatened. Right. Uh, and, and, and number two, like that means we can, ex- we can extend grace. And we can say, I know why you're sharing what you share. I know why you, like, I know, I know that you believe what you believe and you're bringing it to me. And so I want to have that dialogue. I want to have that conversation. I want to make room in my life for you. I want to make a spot at my table for you, right? right. Um, and so, yeah, we don't ex- we we shouldn't be asking anyone else to do that. Um, and as they in in the public square, and and we should be all the more gracious, right? And, and that's not just true for us. I mean, we want that for everybody. I mean, right. this right. is this is you know one of the beautiful things about living in the culture that we live in right now is that we have a kind of world that um, allows freedom of religion, right. and that's a gift. Because that's is. not the case for all over the world. As Christians, we want to be open. Yeah. We want to have, to have dialogue, dialogue and conversation and say, man, what, what do you think about this? Let's talk through this. And, and the truth is, I do believe that we hold truth. Yes. And so I'm more than willing to say, hey, let's, let's hear your side. Let's understand what you're saying. And let's talk through this because yeah. I want people to know truth. You know. Well, the beautiful part of that, too, is that um, 
other religions as well have certain portions of truth in them right. as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can look at one of the major world religions and say every single thing about this is wrong. In fact, big giant pieces of the Quran in, in um, Islam is actually borrowed from the Christian scriptures. Mm-hmm. So there is some, there is some truth There's there. Elements, you know? yeah. And that's true for every one of those faith traditions. So one of the, one of the things that we do is we don't just, we don't just rush in with the exclusivity of Christ and say, we're all right. You're all wrong. Right. What we right. do is we try to find common ground right. and to say, this is a value that you have. Like, this is important. Let me mm-hmm. show you how this is in the person of Jesus. Yeah. Right. So Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, mm-hmm. the exact representation mm-hmm. of his being. He is the fullness of everything that you're looking for. Right. Paul did it. He did. Paul did it on Mars Hill. That's, that's right. exactly yeah. what the he Areopagus. Yeah. It's, that's Let me ex- proclaim to you the, the unknown God. Exactly. Right. And, and you know, uh, Keller talks about this, that we should be the most gracious people towards those who, who hold different views. Because at the core of Christianity, we believe in the one who gave his life for his enemies. Yes. Like at Amen. the core of our belief yeah. and is that's that beautiful. Jesus laid that it down beautiful. for people who disagreed with him. That's right. Yeah, I it's mean, a beautiful thing. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, the mm-hmm. very last thing he saw mm-hmm. was people that's right. who didn't get him. That's right. And yet he gave it all. That's right. All right, we've come to the end of our uh, podcast. We're so excited that you guys have been with us and that we had the opportunity to be with you. So we want to encourage you to uh, go to wherever you find your podcasts. You can go to Apple and subscribe and uh, rate us well, really well. <laughs> Five stars. Ten Five, stars Ten if stars possible. if they have Create fake yes. accounts and rate us. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be great. Because we would love to get this message out to more people. <laughs> We're grateful to be with you guys. This is Pastor Mike. Pastor Glenn. And Pastor Grant. Thanks, guys. Thanks, y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com.